0: This is My Guys in the Desert with Stormy Bonantoni on v the Sports Betting Network.
2: Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome into My Guys in the Desert. I'm Stormy Bonantoni hanging out with you for the next hour live from downtown Las Vegas at Circus Sportsbook, college football season comes to an end in epic fashion with the Georgia Bulldogs last night winning their first national title since 1980. Fortunately, we still have some more football to come in the NFL over the next month Wildcard weekend coming up this week. So we'll have plenty to talk about with our great cast of characters coming on the show today. Ariel Epstein, host and betting analyst for Yahoo Sportsbook will join us. Uh, DraftKings Sportsbook Operations, Johnny Avello on the show and Dan Leach of the Detroit City cast will also have a very special guest uh, joining us in just a few few minutes to give us his perspective quite a sweat on the national championship last night. He did win back in Georgia, but we'll get into that in just a moment. So let's start with our top five stories, things you need to know, starting with the betting recap of that national title game. Georgia covers as three point favorites winning 33 to 18 total stayed under the 52 and a half. Alabama, meanwhile, was up five with 10 minutes remaining in the fourth quarter, but ultimately loses by 50. Huge revenge game from the SEC championship game. Kirby Smart beats his mentor. And what a story for Stetson Bennett from Walk on. JUCO transfers back fourth string to a national championship winning quarterback. His best moments when it mattered. Late two touchdowns, no interceptions for him. Bryce Young cashed the over on his pass yards prop and over that half an interception, throwing costly pick six that sealed the game ultimately late for the Georgia Bulldogs. Under two and a half touchdowns, we all know how much money I put on the Alabama Crimson Tide that did not work out for me. I bet at plus three. I bet at money line. And I bet on Bryce Young over the touchdown. So I had a rough, rough one in the national championship. But it's tough when you lose 2,000-yard wide receivers. John Mechie didn't play. And then Jameson Williams goes down with a knee injury in the first half. It was ugly, um, but congratulations to Georgia. I know their fan base wanted it, needed it so bad for so long. Really, really cool for them. Alabama and Georgia, by the way, now tied to top of the odds board already to win next year's national championship. Do it all over again. Both of them at plus 200. Ohio State there at 6-1, to Clemson 8-1. to Then a huge drop-off. 35 to 1 you see Michigan, Oklahoma, Texas A&M and USC. No love for the Fighting Irish by the way. 66 to 1 all the way down there Bryce Young also favored to repeat as your Heisman Trophy winner at plus 250. Ohio State CJ Stroud there at plus 400. Caleb Williams doesn't even have a school he's going to yet at 8 to 1 likely though. You expect him from the transfer portal to go to USC. DJ Uyungale at 14 to 1. Keaton Slovis, the USC transfer to Pitt with Kenny Pickett out of the way, sitting down there at 20 to 1. So, a couple interesting ones on the early odds board. But as far as betting, I, I know we talked to Aaron Moore the other day about betting ahead to next year's national championship. There's, there's just no value if you want to bet Alabama and Georgia again. Moving on here, though, I know most of us in the NFL world yesterday, whether you were an expert, a fan, somebody like me that reports on this stuff, very shocked to see Brian Flores out as the head coach of the Miami Dolphins yesterday after the team closed their season, winning eight of their last nine games, but might not take long for him to land back on his feet. Tom Pelissero reporting Flores is set to interview for the Chicago Bears for their vacant head coaching gig after Matt Nagy was removed. Chicago has also requested meetings with both the OC and DC from Tampa Bay, Byron Lefwich, and Todd Bowles, as well as Buffalo Bills, Brian Dable, and Leslie Frazier. While Chicago is the first to uh, be a confirmed interview for Flores, we're sure that uh, that won't be the last. There will be many more to come with the number of vacant coaching spots available right now. Browns GM uh, Andrew Barry told reporters on Tuesday that Baker Mayfield would return as the team starter in 2022, saying, quote, we fully expect Baker to be our starter and bounce back. Mayfield's 2021 struggles were many and well documented as he dealt with and played through a myriad of injuries, including a torn labrum to his non-throwing shoulder that came all the way in week two. Forced him to play all season with a harness. Required surgery at the end of the year. He finished the season ranked 27th in QBR. 60% completion percentage. 17 touchdowns. 13 picks. He's uh, going to make around $19 million, though next season as the team did exercise last year. The fifth year option to his rookie contract. His goal this season though to earn the big deal obviously did not happen. So we'll see what comes in 2022. If you're interested in betting the Cowboys 49ers wildcard game this week. Uh. Could be some potential interesting situations going on here. Dallas might play a little bit more aggressively on fourth downs and or attempt more two-point conversions based on some comments from owner Jerry Jones on their kicker Greg Zerline. Jones says Zerline's recent struggles have quote absolutely altered the team's game plan. Now Zerline's made 82.9 percent of his field goals in the regular season. Which is actually higher than his career conversion rate. Made 16 of his last 18. But he's also whiffed on six extra points this year including that last one against the Eagles. Jones says he's a Sound kicker, experienced kicker, our guys are all sensitive about how to approach the game. If a better alternative was out there, we'd be using it. Everything is at stake. So not a a ton of confidence that the team owner is given to their kicker. Now, as we wrap up our top five, um, we talked about the big game last night. I said we have a very special guest. Um, Georgia beating Alabama last night was a huge win for a lot of people, but an even bigger win for our guest, Marco Piamonte, who bet 30,000 on a five leg parlay that would pay out $1.2 million if Georgia came through on the money line. You see his reaction there on the screen. So calm, what a feeling that must've been when the pick six stealed it, Marco, I'd say, how are you doing? But I have a feeling you're pretty, doing pretty good.
3: I'm doing really, really good. I can't <laughs> lie to you today
2: oh my gosh can you walk us through first and foremost just what you were feeling at halftime when you're down and elected not to take any of the cash out options
3: you know the cash out option last night got as low as 400 or actually three hundred eighty-seven thousand. and anybody would be anyone would be lying to tell you that they didn't flinch a little bit but i kept it kind of hidden inside me kept my poker face strong and i felt pretty good down nine to six i said Georgia can play no worse in the second half. It's impossible. Um, the nerves are gone. You already messed up. So I felt pretty good going into the second half.
2: I loved your Instagram post. We have it up here on the screen. It said, Mama didn't raise a cash out loser. That's incredible <laughs> that you felt that confidence. I mean, what a fun experience that must have been to be at the game and, and sweat it out. When Georgia did start to mount that comeback in the fourth quarter, take me through kind of the whirlwind emotions there.
3: Well, I I kind of my whole mindset going into that game is is Alabama lost their number one receiver. Anybody that watched Alabama last year with Devontae Smith playing, you knew that like receivers are a big deal for Alabama. It stretches the field, allows the running game to get going. I I felt good when I saw uh, Williams get hurt. I felt terrible because I don't wish injury. I I you know winning is not. I don't want to win via injury. Never wish injury on anyone. That hurt that broke my heart. But knowing that he went down, I even felt more confident. I should have laid some more money on the second half. <laughs>
2: Just double down, double down. I want to take a look at what this whole five-leg parlay entailed cuz you had four week 17 NFL games in there that hit and those weren't all easy either. You had the Bengals money line against the Chiefs, uh plus 330 for that one. Cardinals money line at the Cowboys. That was a three-point game. What went into some of the decisions on the games that you selected for this thing?
3: So, the week coming up to uh week 17, I was telling my friends, I'm like, "The Bengals are playing for keeps." Like, The three point spread means nothing. I'm like, at some point, Kansas City's going to have a lead in that game. And as long as you could swallow your pride and bet them live, you're going to get a hell of a lot of value. So I said, Hey, you know what? I'm going to take them live wagering when they're down. I ended up doing it when they were down 11. Um, It hurt my heart. I'm not going to lie. I wanted to take the points, but I took the money line and I loved Arizona all week. So I plugged them in there with that. And then who could turn down the Rams plus nine and a half against a team with no quarterback in Baltimore. So that's kind of, that was my mindset going into those games. And, and I felt good all week. I felt good about those games. So I I felt confident firing away at with 30 grand.
2: This bet on points bet. And I know you have your own auto group as well. I saw on your Instagram as part of you winning this parlay, you're giving away a car too.
3: I'm giving away a brand new 2022 Jeep Wrangler. Um, (laughs) I was raised that, you know, good karma, you know, positive vibes only. Um, I'm a father to three daughters, so I've been cursed with three daughters, so I'm going to try and put some good karma on the air.
2: That's awesome. So congratulations to whoever that lucky winner is as well, cashing (laughs) in on your cash out, or lack of, should I say. Um, When did you start getting into the betting game and becoming one of those big bet wagerers?
3: Uh, Full disclosure, um, any sports better, uh, at least in Illinois, would tell you that you started off doing it illegally. Um, Couldn't be happier that our state legalized sports betting and made it normal. Um, Started when I was roughly 16 with friends, casually. um, Got a bookie when I turned 18 and been rolling since then. Um, I've had down years. I lose, too. Like No one always wins. Anybody who says that's a liar. Um, But over the last two years, uh, I'm up roughly $2.9 before yesterday's 1.2 1.2 million dollar win.
2: Unbelievable.
3: So, um, yeah, doing well.
2: Is that, so is, is yesterday's five leg, is that the biggest one you've hit or what are some of the big ones that come to memory or even some of the big losses? I know that you said they go both ways.
3: Yeah, I had a, uh, last year's national championship punched me in the jaw. So I had some like really bad, you know, I, I walked into the national championship game yesterday, very cautious because Alabama just beat the heck. Out of um, Ohio State last year, so I was very cautious with my confidence, but I I felt good, um, and I lost roughly 350,000 on that game. Um, so there's there's ups and downs, and I tell every gambler that you know don't bet with money you don't you can't afford to lose, and but scared money doesn't make money either, so you have to take that with a grain of salt.
2: Scared money don't make money. I love it. Uh, Congratulations. We showed the clip about five times there and your reaction was (laughs) epic, was priceless. Um, Congratulations. Enjoy this one. Thank you so much for coming on the program. We appreciate it.
3: Stormy, you're awesome. Thank you so much.
2: You're awesome. That's Marco Piemonte, a big winner with PointsBet. Uh, and remember, everybody, Visa also right now has a great new offer that can help you make this your best betting year ever. Our all-new Big Game Big Dance Special provides Visa plus all access to everything we do from now through April fifth. Just sixty-nine bucks. Sign up now. Get our daily best bets emails, twenty-four-seven video access, the upcoming Big Game and College hoops betting guides, plus full access to Visa.com with our exclusive betting split breakdown on everygamevcin.com slash big deal to sign up today. How awesome is that? I've never been more stoked to lose my bet for him to win one. Way to go Marco. A bounce back from last year's national championship. Plenty more on my guys coming up.
4: to my guys in the desert with Stormy bonantoni and Tony on V Sin, the
0: sports betting network.
2: Back here on My Guys in the Desert. And if you missed any part of this show or anything on the VSIN schedule today, don't forget to check out our free sports betting podcast option. You can catch replays of all of our shows or download and listen on your own schedule. Go to vsin.com slash podcast. You can get My Guys in the Desert, being the book with Gil Alexander, or Market Insights with Josh Applebaum. Plus, we've got Hardwood Handicappers, The Lombardi Line, Follow the Money, Coast to Coast Hoops, so much more. Every show, they're all free and available now at vsin.com slash podcast or wherever. You get your podcast and you guys know I just love streaking. OK, that sounded a little bit weird, but you know what I'm talking about. Every week we analyze some streaks we think are going to continue or not. So are we going to go streaking today? Yes and no. First one, your Raiders are 0-5 ATS in their last five meetings. Um, I, I think not streaking against the Bengals this week. Six is just too many points for me. I know it's down to five now. Um, I thought this would be more like. Four uh, Bengals are four and zero ATS in their last four games overall, which does not help my cause. But I think the Raiders, even on a short week after the emotional game, they're going to battle. They're going to put up a fight. I think this will be a closer game than many people are thinking of. That. Buccaneers are zero and five ATS in their last five wild card games. Interesting. I did not know that. I think not streaking for this one too, though. The Bucks have played a lot of close games this year. I just don't think this is one of them. Spreads eight and a half. Um, the experience of Tom Brady dueling with a guy like Jalen Hurts in his first playoff game. Eagles are a run first and run often offense, but the Bucks defense is solid against the run. He's going to have to use his arm. I'm not so sure I'm sold on that yet. Um, and Philly just hasn't played very many good teams this year. Just three over 500 records. They're one and two in those games. I like the Bucks to cover the big number at home. Last one here. Chiefs are 4-0 ATS in their last four home games. I don't know if I'm betting this game, but... I'm going streaking. I think that if I did like, that's definitely my lean. I think I might, yeah, I think I might do it. As much as I love the story for the Steelers, I just feel they're going to be so overmatched in this game. They just played each other week 16, and KC won at 36 to 10 with a myriad of COVID issues, including without Travis Kelsey, a number of players that were unable to practice that week. Um, they had the football nearly 10 minutes more in that game against Pittsburgh. We're up 23 0 at halftime. I'm not necessarily saying it's going to be that big of a win again, but I like KC to cover. I think. Bring in uh, one of my great friends, Ariel Epstein, host and betting analyst of Yahoo Sportsbook to talk more about the NFL slate wildcard weekend and a little NBA. You can also catch her as a betting analyst on NBA TV. Hi, how are you? Hey Stormy, good to see you back in Vegas and not on the move again. Thank you. Yes, I'm happy to be settled back at home. No more traveling for a while, but I'm having a rough time today on the show because we had Marco Piamonte who won $1.2 million on a five leg parlay that closed with the Georgia win last night. And then I know you were back in the Bulldogs as well. I'm the only Alabama person on the show today and it's a real struggle for me, but congratulations to you. How'd you enjoy the game? The game was incredible.
5: I absolutely loved it. Of course, the beginning in the first half was very painful if you were backing Georgia the way I was. I love that I was able to get Georgia at minus 135 on the money line. It was around minus 140, even minus 150 early on, and then it came down and I grabbed it. Georgia was the better defense all season and it all was just going to come down to if their offense was going to be able to put points on the board. Not only did they keep pace with Alabama offensively, the pick six at the end was just iconic for Bulldog fans.
2: (laughs) Incredible play as much as it pained me and made me feel physically ill. Uh, Honestly, I got to tell you though, Ariel, I think everybody was sick watching that game in the first half. Nobody wanted the field goal fest that we saw there, did we? No, no
5: one <laughs> wanted it to three field goals and no one wanted to tie. We were so over this whole tie thing. After Sunday in the NFL, I didn't want a tie, I didn't want overtime. I just wanted a good game in regulation.
2: So much drama, but okay, that's a good setup to turn our attention back to the NFL Wild Card weekend coming up. I know I am so excited for it. Um what's the top game I guess you're considering for this weekend?
5: Top game 49ers, Cowboys. I am excited to see how both these teams play out, especially because these are two teams we've been trying to figure out all year. The 49ers on and off. The Cowboys, even though they've been dominant to the point that they won the NFC East and didn't have to worry about the last few weeks of the season. That was a terrible division. How do the Cowboys play up against a team not in their division? And you're seeing a divisional uh you're seeing two NFC divisions one being the worst in the east and then one being the best in the west how legitimate are these teams? We're going to find that out in just the wild card round between the 49ers and the Cowboys.
2: I'm so excited for this game, especially just considering the long I'm a 49ers fan, as you know, and just the long legacy of this rivalry from back in the day. We haven't seen them play in the playoffs in such a long time in my life, my lifetime. So uh, really excited just for the legacy of this game. And defensively, I'm really curious how San Francisco is going to combat Dak Prescott, and obviously an offense that's put up the most points in the NFL throughout the course of this year. And then similarly on the other side, like how are the Cowboys gonna combat Debo Samuel, who I think they just need to change his position from wide receiver to athlete because he does everything.
5: He does absolutely everything, and that's the matchup to watch because the Cowboys have been bottom 10 in receiving yards allowed to wide receivers this year. Debo Samuel can do all of it. He can catch the ball, he can run with the ball, and he can throw the football people samuel's incredible and the addition of the running back elijah mitchell who now is healthy again is such a help to the quarterback jimmy garoppolo and it looks as if jimmy g's thumb is pretty okay after a game-winning drive not only in the fourth quarter to tie it but also in overtime
2: yeah a team that has been as sad as it is for me to say relatively mediocre throughout the course of the season getting healthy and hot at the right time i think they could be really dangerous in the postseason as long as they get over the hump with dallas in the wild card round, another game that's interesting. Uh, we talk about two teams that haven't played each other in the playoffs in a really long time. In the Bills and Patriots, these are two teams that are going to play each other for the third time in like six weeks. It's crazy. Which side are you on in this game?
5: I'm on Buffalo's side. I, I would. I don't mind laying the points with the home team because this is a typical definition of someone who's been there and someone who hasn't. Buffalo has so much experience now, two or three years now under Josh Allen in the playoffs, going up against a rookie quarterback who also has to go to Buffalo. I mean, a place where you are burning tables and jumping and breaking them. Yeah, I wouldn't want my rookie playoff debut to be in Buffalo. And now the Bills also are getting better. Their offense is clicking. Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs look as if if they could connect whenever they want to. And uh, Gabriel Davis is emerging as one of the top receivers on this team. What the Bills really have to do is establish the run. They have to get their running back, Devin Singletary, not only operating on the ground game, also in the passing game. The Patriots have been a bottom 10 defense against the run this year, and they've allowed the fourth most receiving yards to running backs. If the Bills can manage the clock and keep the ball out of the Patriots' hands so the Patriots don't have time to manage the clock, then the bills can win this game and even cover because their offense has so many weapons. The Patriots try to just run the clock down and hope that their defense does the trick being the best defense in football this year.
2: Another one of those games we're gonna see weather play a part but not wind like we did in that earlier matchup at Orchard Park. Keep an eye on that and Mac Jones, by the way, looking to become the first rookie quarterback to win a playoff game since Russell Wilson in 2012 and 13. You are our resident prop queen. I know a lot of numbers don't come out until closer to game time, but what are some that that you've just been targeting to wait and see what some numbers will be?
5: I cannot wait to see what the numbers are on both tight ends and Bengals Raiders. Both these teams are very bad against tight ends this year, both bottom 10 in receiving yards allowed to the position. Either it's Bengals tight end CJ Uzuma, or go get the Raiders tight end Darren Waller. People are going to forget about him. The books may get him a good buy low situation because he's coming off the hip injury. He came onto the field last week, saw some game time, however, didn't have any catches. They're saving them. Why blow the playbook against a Week 18 opponent, which, yeah, you had to tie or win to get in. I just see them trying to use them against the Bengals, who have allowed the fifth-most receiving yards to tight ends. Another place to look is look at the Pittsburgh Steelers running back Najee Harris. Even though the Chiefs' defense has played better, they've struggled all year against pass-catching running backs, allowing the fourth-most receiving yards to pass-catching running backs this year. Actually, it's the third-most, Patriots are fourth. The Chiefs um, allowing that many, it's good for Najee Harris, who's been a lot more in that dump-off kind of role for Ben Roethlisberger, especially since Big Ben now getting down the end of the season. Mm -hmm. He's not going to want to throw the ball as deep to wide receivers he
2: doesn't trust. So look to Najee Harris' receiving yards. Really good stuff. We also have a number of games on the NBA card coming up today. Tonight Again, you can also catch Ariel Epstein on NBA TV as a betting analyst there. What's one game that stands out to you tonight? A game that stands out,
5: it's the Phoenix Suns and Toronto Raptors. There's a trend that I have to thank my friend Hakeem Profit for. Road favorites with more rest than their opponent are 67% straight up since 1995. Tonight, that's the Phoenix Suns. So I'm going to lay the points with Phoenix. Also looking at a rebound prop in that game for Pascal Siakam, over eight and a half rebounds. Phoenix allows the 10th most rebounds per game. 11 starters in 10 games have had nine or more rebounds against Phoenix. And Siakam's gone over this number in four out of his last six, in addition to four out of six games against bottom 10 rebounding defenses.
2: Really good stuff, as always. Appreciate the time. Thanks, Ariel. Thanks, Dormy. That's our girl, Ariel Epstein, hosted betting analyst at Yahoo Sportsbook, also on NBA TV. That game, by the way, uh, Suns tipping off at 4.30 Pacific, 7.30 Eastern, so about two hours to get those bets in. Hurry up. Uh, When we come back on the program, we're going to play a little fade or follow. There's a number of big public plays out there. Do we agree or are we on the other side? Also, director of sportsbook operations at DraftKings, our guy Johnny Avello, as he does every Tuesday on the program, giving us the book's perspective. Don't go anywhere. More My Guys in the Desert on the other side.
0: You're listening to My Guys in the Desert with Stormy Tony on Sin, the sports
6: betting network.
2: Welcome back to my guys in the desert. This segment brought to you by Zen Nicotine Pouches, a fresh way to enjoy nicotine without all the baggage of cigarettes, dip, or vape. No more smelling like an ashtray. No more spit cups. No batteries to charge or leaky equipment to deal with. Zen Nicotine Pouches are smoke-free, spit-free, and available in 10 varieties like spearmint, wintergreen, citrus, and many more. Plus, for your convenience, each variety now comes in two strengths, so you can easily find the satisfaction level that's perfect for you. Zen America's number one nicotine pouch, available in over $100,000 locations nationwide so it's never been easier to find your Zinn. head on over to zin.com find to locate a store near you that's zyn.com f-i-n-d warning this product contains nicotine nicotine is an addictive chemical rolling along here i'm stormy bonantoni live from downtown las vegas at circus sportsbook time for fade or follow because on tonight's slate in the nba college basketball nhl lots of big public plays out there do we agree? Do we disagree? Starting with, in the NBA, the Timberwolves are getting a lot of money as four-point favorites at the Pelicans. This is one I'm going to follow. I 98% of the handle, everybody's all over the T-Wolves here, but they've won their last four. 4-1-1 four, one one, ATS, their last six games overall. 5-0-1 oh against the number in their last six road games. And won their last game in New Orleans, 110 96 I think this is a spot where the public's got the right impression. In the NHL tonight, the Lightning are minus 250 favorites on the money line at the Buffalo Sabres. This is another one I'd either follow or pass here. I I hate having to lay so much with the minus 250, but NHL favorites this year of over 200, of over minus 200 rather, have cashed at a 75% clip this season. Even better percentage on the road when you're a big favorite. Lightning has not been stellar as of late, don't get me wrong, but Buffalo's that bad. They've lost their last four, 12 of their last 15 games, and Tampa Bay did beat the Sabres earlier this year, 5-1 in Buffalo. Um, I also like over one and a half first period goals. Just throwing that out there. In college hoops tonight, Iowa State plus 12 at Kansas this is a pass or fade spot for me i prefer betting the over 141 if anything if you can still get that number um iowa state i get where the public is coming from they are the more likable side in this game but it's one of those things i just don't trust an angry kansas team at home fresh off a loss trying to bounce back the over meanwhile four and one in the jayhawks last five games just Some food for thought, something to consider. Uh, Happy to be joined now by our guy, Johnny Avello, as we do every Tuesday, director of sportsbook operations over at DraftKings. Johnny, how are you today? Thanks for coming on.
4: Hey, Stormy, I'm doing well. Thank you much.
2: Good, okay, good to hear you're doing well. I was curious how the books are now after Georgia took home the national championship last night. I know a lot of money came in on Alabama Moneyline, so does that mean you guys did okay? It
4: was a killer night for us, Stormy. Yeah. handle was over the top. I've never seen that much handle ever on a college football game. Um, and uh, we did really well to it. So pleased with the outcome for the night,
2: especially with a national championship on the line, too. But I, I get it because I was one of those people that you got my money because it made so much sense with how much success Alabama had in SEC championship game. Everybody's thinking, oh, how often are you going to get plus three on the Crimson Tide? But it obviously didn't pay out. What would you just think of the game as a fan?
4: Yeah, true. I, I, you know, when I when I watched the game, I thought Alabama was probably the better team, but they didn't have the horses last night. Uh, they lost Mechie before last night's game, and then they lose another key receiver in the game. Uh, but, you know, if those two teams played ten times, Alabama would win eight out of the ten.
2: Yeah, no doubt tough going down. Two 1,000 yard receivers for your freshman quarterback, albeit the Heisman Trophy winner. Uh, I know I've seen some places post already odds for next season's national championship. How late do you expect to, for you guys to get in on that market as well?
4: We just got them up about an hour ago. Uh, Alabama's the favorite at about 11 to 5, followed by Georgia, who's about 15 to 5, Ohio State 6 to 1, Clemson 12 to 1, and then a slew of characters after that. It's really opens up.
2: Yeah, no doubt. And I think that's kind of to be expected right there. I know there are some betters that like getting in on those numbers early. But if you like Alabama and Georgia, again, not a whole lot of value there. Uh, with the NFL regular season over, can you tell us about some of the the big bets or notable futures that were pretty profitable for the public?
4: Oh, boy. Uh, yeah, the public, the public hit on some good ones. Bengals to win the uh, AFC North. Uh, they, they got them at twenty to one. Uh, Steelers on some of the over/under regular season wins. Steelers over eight and a half got us pretty good. New England over nine and a half. Browns under ten and a half. Four winners for the public, and then the Rams to win the NFC West plus a dollar ninety. Uh, so they, they were some that the uh, public did cash on. One other one was uh, Steelers to make the playoffs. That was another one they did this on. <laughs>
2: Well, that's one that certainly snuck in there at the last minute, too. Was there anyone that, or maybe one or two even, that stood out to you that the public was really high on in terms of the futures market that didn't go? Or am I reading too much into it?
4: I missed that, Stormy. You faded out on me.
2: Oh, I'm sorry about that. No, I was just curious if there were any um, public plays in the futures markets that maybe just didn't hit that a lot of people got in on.
4: Uh, don't recall.
2: Okay. Well, obviously we've got wildcard weekend coming up. Uh, where, where are we seeing most of the money early? I know all of the money usually comes in day of game, but there are a lot of people that do get in early. Where are you seeing it?
4: Very true. Uh, most of the money does come in day of game. Uh, the Raiders are grabbing some early action. We open six. That's down to five. They love the Patriots in this, uh, third matchup between these two teams in five weeks. Uh, Opened up the Bills five and a half down to three and a half. Uh, Some total movement. Uh, They're betting the Raider game over 48 and a half to 49 and a half. Also betting the 49ers over 49 and a half up to 50 and a half.
2: Okay, so now we see where most of the people are interested. Where are they disinterested? Which game isn't getting attention?
4: i missed that again, Stormy. sorry we have a bad connection
2: oh no i'm sorry about that um i I think we're gonna try to give johnny another call back i was curious which game was getting the least amount of money um you'd imagine it's maybe one of those games that has the bigger spreads available not too sure um but let's look at what these wild card games we've got going um obviously we talked already with ariel oh sorry (laughs) we're all over the place we got the connection back with johnny Johnny, you there?
4: I'm here, Stormy.
2: Okay, yay. Hopefully we got a more stable connection. I was, I
4: oh know. Oh, my God, it's so much better. So I thought much- you were in an echo chamber.
2: <laughs> there we go. It's a Christmas miracle. Um, was wondering what maybe one of the games is that's not getting a lot of attention on Wild Card Weekend, since we talked about the ones that are getting that already.
4: I can tell you the one that's not getting a lot of action, but it's going to get a lot of action, is the, uh, the Bucks-Eagles. They're a little confused on that one because they, You know, the Eagles are one of those teams that can come up and bite you with the points. I don't know if the Eagles can win the game. So the equalizer, the eight and a half right now, is kind of stabilized. That's the one that's kind of sitting still. but. Knowing the way our network bets, I would expect the Bucks get a good play this weekend.
2: Yeah, everybody loves Tampa Bay and Brady and wanting to back them. I That's one of the favorites that I liked as well, although on Wild Card Weekend, there's a lot of underdogs, I think, that could certainly be in play this week. Um, are you guys looking up? There's obviously a lot of head coaching movement uh, that's going on with six openings now around the NFL. Are you guys going to put up any odds for the head coaching jobs? Or are you guys going to stay away from that one?
4: stormy you know us better than that we don't stay away from anything that's true <laughs> So, yeah, so you'll, you'll be seeing some of that quite uh quickly
2: i love it i love it you guys also get really uh interest we talk about you know not getting out of anything you guys also get in on the academy awards right so you got best picture up best actor actress best director third year you guys have done these markets how much goes into the creative markets you guys put out there
4: Yeah, you know, I'm an entertainment guy. You know, I'm not only racing sports, but entertainment. And uh, I love the Oscars. I've been doing the Oscar odds for about 28 years, but only been able to take bets on them for three. Uh, The state of Nevada never gave me the thumbs up to do it. So uh, here we are. We're putting up four categories before the, uh, the nominations come out. We'll have all 23 categories up, though, by the time the awards are announced at night. Uh, and these are fun. I I really enjoy them. Uh, you know, it's, I could tell you, Stormy, people ask me who gets involved in the Academy Awards, uh, different than who bets on sports. Like, and there are a lot of women that download the app for Academy Award season because they feel that is in their wheelhouse.
2: I love that. And it's kind of cool, too, that you could like reel them in that way. And then all of a sudden get them into the sports betting Like, I think that's great. Really cool.
4: Yes, Normie. That's exactly what it does. Thank you much.
2: Awesome. Appreciate the time, Johnny. You're the best. See you. Bye. That's Johnny Avello, director of Sportsbook Operations over at DraftKings. They do such a good job with unique markets, unique props, everything um when we come back we're gonna get into a little hot take tuesday everybody's favorite thing here on a tuesday dan leach is going to join the show um he is a host of the detroit city cast and so you know we got to talk a little matt stafford with him considering how he has done the la rams of course in the postseason uh talk about potential draft options for detroit and we've got some breaking news a head coach who just got fired again I wonder who that could be. Stay with us on My Guides in the Desert. This is Visa, the sports betting network.
4: guys of the desert with Stormy Bon Antonio
0: on send the sports betting network
2: you're looking for more sports betting discussion around your local teams bet rivers has you covered bet rivers has launched a series of city cast designed to tackle sports betting from the local perspective there are city casts in chicago denver la new york philadelphia pittsburgh washington dc and detroit a little segue to our next guest dan leach will join us in a moment subscribe to your local city cast wherever you get your podcast Time for Hot Take Tuesday as we begin to wrap things up here on My Guys in the Desert. Our wonderful producer Stephanie Kammerchak gives me a couple of takes and I determine how hot it is. Starting with the San Francisco 49ers will reach the Super Bowl. Currently 10-1. to That's not that hot, Steph. I'm telling you. I've said it once. I've said it a thousand times. If they can get through Dallas on wildcard weekend, and I think they have a really good shot to do that. I think that they could be an upset contender to a lot of teams in the NFL. They, they match up well in that NFC even against the beloved Packers up there. Mac Jones, Steph says, will throw less than 10 passes against Buffalo. I know what happened in Orchard Park and he only had three pass attempts, but this is too hot Steph. He's gonna pass the football. All right. Uh, he's at a minimum of 18 pass attempts in every other game this year. Uh, including 32 in that cold weather game against Buffalo in Gillette Stadium. So, third meeting between these teams in five, six weeks. I think he's going to throw the ball more than 10 times. Matt Stafford will continue his streak of losing playoff games. He is 0-3 in his career. This is entirely possible. This is 50-50 hot here, okay? It's like when you go to Buffalo Wild Wings and you have hot wings, half... Have- barbecue because you want to make sure that you have it even out each other a little bit. I I know that the Rams have been really good. They've won five of their last six games, only lost to San Francisco, who has had their number the last few years. But I feel like they're a bit disjointed. And Matt Stafford, while he has the ability to make throws that other quarterbacks simply can't, he's also put his team in some compromised positions that other quarterbacks have not. Eight touchdowns, but eight interceptions in his last four games. As many interceptions this year as Trevor Lawrence and leads the league in pick sixes can't have that if you want to have success in the postseason. Somebody who can certainly give us a pretty good scouting report of Matt Stafford is our guy Dan Leach, host of the Detroit CityCast at Dan leach 971 I have a lot of questions about Matt Stafford, don't get me wrong, and we will get into that in a moment. But I would love your opinion on the news that just came out about 10 or 15 minutes ago that Giants head coach Joe Judge is no longer the Giants head coach. We saw a bunch of reports yesterday from Josina Anderson, from others, that the belief was he would be staying. Apparently, he was only staying for another day.
6: Yeah, I got a lot of Giants uh, friends that are, you know, Giants haters. Like, they love the Giants, but they always want to feel like they, 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 you know, they always want to give them crap. And they love Joe Judge, the former Patriots special team guy. They loved him. They're like, He's the future. Well, not so much. And, and and is it surprising? No. I think it's not as surprising as Brian Flores getting fired. But New York was going backwards. I mean, obviously, Gettleman retired instead of getting fired. And that, that team's a mess right now. And I, I think that Joe Judge got the you know the brunt of that, and, and a lot of it was his fault as well. But it's not that surprising because uh, you're in New York, the number one market in the country, and those fans are, are crazy. But I was surprised that some of my really close friends that are big Giants fans they were big Joe judge people. And Mm. that kind of has fallen by the wayside really quickly.
2: Interesting. Yeah. That franchise from top to bottom has just had a lot of issues. I I like that. You mentioned Brian Flores though. It's good to see and not surprising to see he's already interviewing or set to interview for other jobs around the NFL.
6: Oh yeah. He's, Listen, I think the Dolphins did it the right way. It's kind of the way they're doing it here in Detroit with the Lions, I hope, where they're putting the kind of roster out there that even if they play their best with a lack of talent and depth, they're not going to win a lot of games, but you're, you're moving towards the future. And they did that with Flores, and it you know, looked like he was going to be maybe finally a Belichick disciple that did something. And then, of course, the reports about him not getting along with Tua and yeah. other issues, and Stephen Ross is saying enough is enough. And, and they got rid of him, and, and Flores will get another job. I think he's going to be a great head coach somewhere. I think he was, uh, they were 8-1. They ended the season 8-1, and you fire the guy. So uh, he'll get another job, and I think he's going to do a great job wherever it is.
2: Yeah, and so many players, too, coming out on social media, saying how shocked they are, how much they love their head coach. You know that he'll land somewhere, yeah. and obviously such a great defensive mind. But it's crazy when you want uh i i know the rumor was that he really wanted justin herbert in that draft and they took to it yep. and it's always been a point of contention so we'll see what happens there because you mentioned shifting the focus to the future for the lions i think one of the more under the radar storylines of week 18 was the potential for detroit to get the top overall pick if the jags ultimately upset the colts right but it would take the lions losing to the packers which they didn't do so now they're number two overall
6: Yeah, don't remind me about that. First off, I thought there was no chance in you-know-what, that the Jaguars would beat the Colts and need to win and get in. And, of course, as like 15-point dogs they did that. And, you know, the Lions, in typical Lions fashion, and I never root against my team. I know there's people out there that love to, you know, root for the tank. How did that work in Philadelphia, by the way? And, you know, they're, they're, they're up by the Packers. Packers are about to rest their guys, and all of a sudden, Jordan Love leaves his drive, and the, and the Lions, you know, the, the Packers take the lead, and the Jags are winning. They're going to win. If the Lions lose, they get the overall number one, and of course, the Lions come back. They're a brilliant drive by Jared Goff for no reason, and they win the game against Green Bay, which, listen, in the in the grand scheme of things, having number one or number two in this draft, I don't think is going to kill the Lions, but... It's it's about momentum and building momentum. And Dan Campbell, even though he was just 313 and one in the first season, was so different than what Matt Patricia was like here. The players played hard for him. They liked him. It was the opposite with Matt Patricia. So it was nice to see that to beat a division rival. They had lost five in a row to Green Bay after beating them for four in a row and ending that crazy Lambo streak. So that was nice. A home game. The crowd was going nuts. Uh, But, of course, the Lions had a chance when I thought they'd have none because the Jaguars were going to win to get the number one, and they did because they beat the Green Bay Packers.
2: Well, it's okay. The Jags got the number one pick last year, and, you know, things didn't really turn around exactly for (laughs) them. Um, But but as far as Detroit goes, what do you think is their position of need that they could get something good? Because – Obviously, you know, this is a team that is looking for more stability in terms of a strong quarterback position. But this draft class isn't really top tier from that position. There's a lot of great defensive players available where you think they should target with that number two pick.
6: Yeah, this isn't the year for a quarterback. I mean, you thought maybe early on Spencer Rattler, Sam Howell could have been an overall number one. I think the Lions might look at a quarterback later in the draft or next year, which is a much better class. It's It's got to be edge rusher. And, you know, full disclosure, I'm a huge Wolverine fan, but I can be objective. And, you know, you look at Aiden Hutchinson, who could be a franchise changer, a J.J. Watt-type guy. Obviously, Kayvon Thibodeau from Oregon is incredible as well. Pro Football Focus had, had Hutchinson rated a little higher, and I got to see Hutchinson in person a lot throughout the season. I, I went to pretty much every Michigan game except for a few on the road. He is hes a game changer. So, of course, I would love for the Lions to be able to take him. But I'm in the position now where the Lions, I think, finally have a GM. Brad Holmes, formerly of the Rams, obviously was the college you know, scouting guy, as opposed to what Bob Quinn, the former Lions GM, was a pro personnel guy identifying college players, whether it was Cam Akers or Van Jefferson or Aaron Donald or whoever else it was for the Rams. I trust that he will make the right decision. Uh, obviously if, if, if Hutchinson's gone and number two, you're not in love with Thibodeau, you can trade down. But I think either one of those edge rushers are elite. They're guys that can change a franchise. And I think that there's a real, really good chance. The lions are obviously going to take one of the two and I would love it for, for it to be Hutchinson.
2: Yeah, no doubt. And I think that it's pretty clear too, with Dan Campbell and the way that the lions have ended the regular season at the future is certainly optimistic and bright on their end because he did mention Michigan. Is John Harbaugh staying in Ann Arbor?
6: Well, listen, there's always these stupid Jim Harbaugh rumors to leave Ann Arbor, and I think some of it's for you know, you know, to deploy for money and other things because he's never really stayed. If he comes back next year, Stephanie, it'll be eight years, which is double his tenure in San Francisco and at Stanford. So that's crazy right there. But I think that he wants to finish what he started. He finally got the monkeys off his back you know, finished the family business, took down, uh, you know, Ohio State, got to the Big Ten title game, got to the playoff for the first time. I think he's coming back. He's not going to Miami, which a lot of my golfing fans are like, there's no way they're going to fire floors if they're not, <laughs> you know, set up to get Harbaugh. Yeah, there's the rumors about the Bears and the Raiders. I think the Raiders interim coach might get the job, being the first interim to ever lead a team to the playoffs. But I think that there's a, there's a much better chance of Harbaugh staying in Ann Arbor than leaving and going back to the NFL. But you never know what the guy's A very quirky, you know, wacky guy at times. I hope personally he stays.
2: I was a big 49ers fan and loved him when he was our head coach it was very sad to see him leave um let's turn our attention though because I did say we would talk about Matt Stafford um what do you think his chances are to lead the Rams to a successful wild card game against the Cardinals uh cards have been better on the road than at home so it seems like it might be an advantage them in this spot what do you think
6: yeah, I thought one of those hot takes would be Matt Stafford are three or more interceptions in his <laughs> fourth And then playoff. you're like, that's listen, not
2: hot at all. That's not hot at all.
6: Just kidding. No, it's not. And listen, I was, uh, you know, we were talking off air. I, I, I covered Stafford for a long time. I was one of the few media people in this town that actually was a huge Stafford guy. I thought that he wasn't the issue, that he was the least of the Lions' problems. But listen, he's 0-3 in the playoffs, like you mentioned. In big situations, he's had a lot of issues. He got benched, you know, for overall number one pick, but recovered from that, which very few had in the past. But this is this is a chance for him with that defense. And I know he's been very up and down. The eight touchdowns you mentioned, eight interceptions tied with Trevor Lawrence, which is crazy as a, as a rookie. I just feel like this, the, the Cardinals, and you mentioned they're better on the road, but they're so inconsistent. Uh, I know they got Dallas a couple weeks ago, but I think that the Rams at home in this situation are going to get the job done. I actually have a play on the Rams at 35 and I think that Stafford finally gets that playoff win. Uh, is it possible he throws three or four interceptions and blows it? Sure. Is it possible the Rams are good enough to win a Super Bowl? With Stafford, they are. Because you mentioned he makes throws that very few can. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those things that I think Stafford finally breaks through and gets that playoff win this Sunday.
2: Well, we'll have to wait. And Monday. See. Ten, 10 seconds. Favorite bet of wildcard weekend?
6: Cowboys, they're 13-5 against the spread. I know you're talking about the other side of that. I like the Cowboys to get it done.
2: All right. Makes me sad against my 49ers, but I'll listen to you. Thank you. Appreciate the time, Dan. My pleasure. Man, his favorite bet is the one that'll crush my soul? Oh, great stuff from Dan Leach. Make sure you give him a follow at DanLeach971 on Twitter. That's a wrap for my guys in the desert. Thanks for joining us this hour.